0: as the great Kabir said over on the Rockfin side, Woot Woot, Woden's Day. We got a scientist and a wizard to talk to us tonight. So first, let's bring on Matt Powers. How you doing, buddy? And Ben Ballerson. What's up, yo? Hey! <laughs> been looking forward to this convo for like a month, man. I'm so stoked about this. My brain's just been going in every direction. Like, How much magic is there
1: with this, with this stuff? You know?
0: Yes, hail. Hail uh, everybody in the chat, in the comments. Share the stream with everybody. Uh, a couple housekeeping things before we jump in. I just want to remind everyone. I was before- so
2: stoked I tried to get in on this chat
1: a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> Heck
0: yeah. Yeah, you're like, is it time? Is it time? Yeah, you and, uh, so we'll just remind people that uh, you and Powers actually had a great episode of Odin's Alchemy. That's how I came across Matt here, and that was fantastic. Really high-level convo. <laughs> But I want to remind everybody about the Music in Sky event before we get going here. We have a beautiful lineup going at the middle of California location for the Alpha Vedic Festival Music in Sky. Can't wait for that. It's going to be the weekend of October 13th. I will be there with my giant tuning fork. You can expect tune-ups. Like I've really perfected this five-minute spot tuning thing that I do at events and it's really something. Uh, just, what frequency it is it? What's that?
3: What's
1: the frequency?
0: Can this, this is a big G.
4: Dang! Is a, but is it? But what? No. What actually is it? A four thirty two G? Is it really
0: kind? Yes, of? Yes. It's a, It's three eighty four, but it's in the green tuning. Yeah. 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 So, speaking of tuning, you know, first of all, get in on that music in sky if you are anywhere near. The middle of California, you won't want to miss this event. It's going to be like soul family reunion, next level, beautiful. I want to
4: get a tuning fork and, and like meet you in like clash, like. <laughs> and like, and like, and like
0: but I, I would love to, to have a, a second note. one of these just to play like sword fight like that.
4: Well, but if we get different notes, we would create these like chords, right?
0: Yeah, we and need three I for a chord. a chord. We need three for a chord, right? takes three notes well
4: I mean, yeah yeah well, you'd be doing you'd be doing um uh, uh, what are they called uh, music theory but um
0: I'm gonna you know, get to see next
4: actually in a church it was talking about how he was finally able to hear ghost notes and it's really about those combinations of pure tones in the right spaces that starts creating those effects And I love, I love uh, the interactions between pure tones in in like proper resonant spaces. Even with, I can't remember the name for it, but intervals—that's the name for for it. Intervals. So it's intervals, and then it's chords when it's three. Um, But but when you do it right, you know, it, it creates all these other notes. It's really incredible. So yeah, no, I would love to. Play more with sound. Did you? Did you ever read about uh, Pythagoras' um, work with sound, the music of spheres, and the golden ratios? Where he, he literally took weights and then he like had the weights and the golden ratio, and then he made one four five rock and roll.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, man, uh, this is the oldest of magic right here: the sound and frequency healing. Speaking yeah. of which, people, I've got some openings within the next two weeks if anyone wants to get a tuning. I I shared in the Telegram chat how I did a five-minute quick throat chakra tune for Jason Lindgren at the uh, Bertaria Fest and how he went from feeling um, like he had blown his voice out to crushing. And then he texted me today that when he got home, he wrote five songs in a day and he had been kind of blocked on writing and he thought that his voice was damaged and he was performing them and writing them right away. So first of all, proves that like the throat chakra governs more than just your physical throat and that your creative output is also part of that. So that's the power guys. That's that the power. Mercury. Yeah.
1: That is the Mercury chakra.
0: The that's why I got the throat chakra big fork. Because to me, that's like, if I could only get one giant fork, that's the one.
5: It's like an emanations enema. <laughs> <laughs> it's real
2: interesting. Well, this morning, uh, Sean, Sean Alger. He posted a thing about a baleen whale that uh, they call it the loneliest whale in the world. And the reason that this whale is lonely is because she sings at 52 hertz, but the other baleen whales sing at 12 to 25 hertz, so they can't hear her. And so she, as she's singing, none of the other whales hear her and communicate with her, and she doesn't hear them nor communicate with them because she sings at 52 Hertz rather than 25. Uh, Just a fascinating story and just fits right in with all of that.
0: Awesome. I just saw a comment, by the way, from Stacy here for the gravy. Look what I got at the Bear Taria Festival. Gravy bear. Hail the bears. Hey. (laughs) Pretty awesome. That was a really great event, guys. Watch out for when that happens again. So glad I live in Missouri and I was only an hour from it. Owen oh, Benjamin wasn't even there. Don't even need him. <laughs> Just a big community. Yeah, party.
1: It's, uh, you know,
2: it's, it's real hard. Uh, people get real disappointed that Owen doesn't come off the farm a lot, but they don't under, they don't understand how very hard it is. Like eight o'clock in the morning, I got to be out there milking Lola. You know, we've got to already have the goats fed. If my water needs pumped, I need to have my water pumping in the morning. There's like 300 things that only I know. And that's the way it is being as, you know, moving into that self-sufficient life. And it makes it real hard. Like I'm getting ready to speak at Flatoberfest. I won't be able to go to this festival because I'll actually already be on my way to Flatoberfest. But uh, it's hard to get away from the farm. And it's not until I got a couple trustworthy guys that I've been here for quite a while that I could even uh, think about doing that kind of thing. Other than and that, because, my wife and I usually up,
4: I I leave or she or she leaves one or the other. <laughs> it's wild, though, because I think that people who don't have homesteads that are developed uh, and I'm like restarting over, but I know how it is. You basically y- y- momentum has a uh, a sensitivity to it. That if you let, like, a, a, a day come in that's wrong or uh, a few days that are just wrong, you know, like, if you cut off the way they're treated, if you change things and, you know, catch things, like, things go go bad. Animals get sick so quick. Um, there's so many things that can happen. Um, like, their water, you know, isn't working right. or So, I understand that exact thing. Um, it's kind of turned me into more of a homebody, you know, I, but as we set up, I, I'm thinking about the same thing where it's like, well, I, b- before we go to this, to see my mom, I can't get anything that requires me, you know, twice a day, like a like a goat, right? <laughs> Matt, Matt, the, 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 I swear they knew my name. And if I try to sleep in, they'd be like calling me. They like break out sometimes. Yeah, if they only
1: mine will actually
2: headbutt the house. She'll start just headbutting the house like, hey, hey,
4: (laughs) front door, the screen door, like messed up the screen door. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, man, and I was like, ah, yeah, no. People with goats like it, It gets real. It gets really real. And so, but the the thing is, though, the reason we keep doing it and the reason that we plan on getting goats too, or, or I don't know, well, we got to talk about it. My wife, my wife won't have, we have different ideas, but, um, yeah. but the goat, the goat milk is just so good. It doesn't have any of the side effects and you can get really, really good goat milk. You can get goat milk that has none of the goatiness at all. and has a high fat kinder you know all that so so yeah i i'm I, i'm on your side <laughs> yeah you
2: you can't beat it and actually uh uh it's very interesting cuz i did a lot of study on cows too i've also have milk cows and milk goats and uh with cows there it's there's such a movement for uh uh the lactose uh movement and then just going off of cows but there's an A1 and an A2 protein, and the vast majority of commercial farming is A1 protein. My cows are all A2 protein, hand milked. They love me, I love them. Um, it's a It's an entirely different situation. And I've had kids that were lactose intolerant from birth drink my cow's milk, and they loved it. No sickness.
4: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the truth. I mean, we have, there's a lot of these animals that just were not the animal, just like how they monocultured, you know, with corn, they monocultured with the animals for milk, you know, and they went for the animal that make the, the Holstein makes the most milk and like no fat. And it's just like, a, you know, water, milk, water, well, it's like eight,
2: it's like eight gal- five to eight gallons a day. Like, my Dexters give off one gallon, but I tell you what, it's got a richness and a depth to it. Like, my wife makes broccoli chowder, and, oh, some broccoli, and we get some, like, uh, some of the yellow cauliflower and a little bit of aged cheddar in there. Oh, man, it's so creamy. It's, like, it, it's literally just kind of almost boils down into just a cream sauce, and you're, like, it's, like, it's yeah. like broccoli and cauliflower floating in cream.
3: I dig it. I love that.
0: Well, guys, not to like crash the goat party, but (laughs) we've got a lot of people (laughs) here. We're we're good and warmed up. And uh, (laughs) it was funny. (laughs) You can't get Ben on a stream without talking a little bit about goats. I get it. It's all good. But I have this idea for at least a good chunk of this conversation to really get into, as the show is titled, The Soul of the Soil. And this is something that you and I talked about some in our interverse episode, Matt, and Balderson and I had a little bit of a chat about it on a flow state, I think not long after that. And I really wanted to bring together the mind of the scientist and the wizard, you know, <laughs> and the, the heathen and, the you know, what other cosmologies we might bring to the table here, because I'm starting to really see the picture of, The possibility that life and location and everything is like frequency based and the conditions energetically of an environment determine what you find there, not the record that we consider to be linear time. And disputing the idea here, possibly, if you guys have any ammunition to possibly dispute it, the idea of linear evolution and extinction and more of a cyclical true rebirth of like something from nothing in nature based on the conditions and maybe sky clocking, oh all kinds of stuff. So, you know, who wants to take a crack at this first and maybe lay out some of their thoughts on this? I think Matthew maybe can give us a, some of his like actual observational evidence to begin.
4: Yeah. So let's start in Saudi Arabia. Let's start in the desert. Let's start in an area where in living memory no one's seen a mushroom growing out of the ground and neil speckman has his team and they're just they've they've never worked these are people that have literally just moved with their camels and just traveled and done they've never worked like a job or anything and he's now directing them and teaching them how to do a job, you know, and it it was, it's fascinating. He was like teaching them culture, like uh, introducing a new form of culture for them essentially. And it's having them set up rocks, these one rock dams down to slow the water down. So the violent water that happens when, when the rain does come doesn't happen. It's this gentle flow of water. And then he had to fill up this giant basin instead of flowing through the The wadi and like, you know, killing people, they pacified it and then sank it. And then they did that again and again. And they planted trees, and they had only rainwater in Saudi Arabia with less than three inches a year. And for three years stretched, there was no rain. And it grew, and everything continues to grow, and it looks like a paradise now. And I think year four or five. They had mushroom sprout and they freaked out and they said, like, what is this? What's wrong? Like, what have you done? You know, like, <laughs> but no, they were just like really surprised. They didn't know what it was. They didn't know what it meant. And uh, Paul Stamis was like, that's a secessional, Like he jumped into this. He was like, that's a um mushroom. And that's, that's, that's normal. That's great. That means things are progressing. But where did that come from? It came from the actual landscape, and that spore was there the whole time, in the middle of the desert. And, you know, in landscapes where things are desiccated, you desiccate the minerals and the life, the, the DNA, and all these things in a preservative way. But even where it's moist and there's breakdown, we're seeing that like 40% uh, when we do DNA testing is unclassified DNA. And so they're like, Oh, well, that's like fragments of DNA and pieces of DNA. We can't like verify that it's part of anything bigger. It's, it's just part of the background. It's like, Oh, okay. We discard, we would discard this. But the reality now we understand through horizontal gene transfer is that microbes eat the dead DNA around them, consuming in the organic matter. And because 40% of organic matter appears to be old DNA fragments, they're consuming it and they're choosing and picking from that and expressing those genes they pick up. And so they're taking them on and becoming them as they respond to the environment. So the things are like, oh, you create a disease environment, you create diseases. It's like, actually, you create a disease environment, and then you have those elements that are already in the substrate get selected for by the biology, and the biology switches species. And we know this already, that they can switch species. We know that they can cross phyla.
1: That just changes the whole
4: game. Bacteria can do it and this explains why like thermophiles in your hot compost you know they're digesting your compost where did they come from where did where'd they come from they are the microbes from the beginning seemingly that are translating because the context is different now so let's drop these genes and absorb those ones and that seems to be the case there are there's a thread of microbes that are like, we would think of them as chameleons, but in their minds, they're like universal chassis. And they're going to go, shh. And they're, they're, a lot of them are peeling off of E. coli, I would imagine. Because as we break down larger organisms, they can sometimes express as E. coli. The, what's broken off of them. So, so it's, it's fantastic that like fungi sometimes, when it's broken up too much, expresses as bacteria but I've heard many scientists talk about how like the lenses of our eyes have the same genes as the algae in the oceans. And this commonality of genes is also being horizontal gene transfer is also been verified to be stronger than evolution, stronger than sex. So re- reproduction and, and, and the next generation, that kind of thinking that kind of change is slow compared to this. This is lightning fast with microbes and we're, filled with microbes so if we can sh- if the microbes can shift this fast then we can shift as well because we're dependent upon them and all of our functions are from them all of the metabolite that we feed off of are, are from them
0: I think human so, beings demonstrate that capacity to massively shift with and adapt to their environment without needing all, generational breeding yeah i think this is like the the real evolution is really more just like adaptability in the moment. It's not about some far off development. It's about life is attuning itself to the frequency of the environment that it's in in a sort of woo-woo way of constant
4: conversion state. And when you're in touch with nature, you're in a conversion state where you're like feeling God or feeling the spirit or in like like that's the, that's the energy that's around all of this. I mean, that's what enthusiasm is um it's when you're in touch with what makes you feel most alive and that's what the entheos is and when plants are in touch with what makes them feel most alive they make the soil and then that makes more life and more potential it's it's really wild um we don't know what like all right so let's just break some things up dna testing it takes like a day to day and a half to break down the DNA and fungi. The fungi resists, most fungi resists the whole time unless you PCR it. And then it's like, even like highly questionable what's actually happening. But let's just say you take a day and a half to break down the DNA, to isolate it and, and sequence it. Does doesn't I mean, they, they react so fast in horizontal gene transfer. There's they're sex. You know, the, between the microbes on the microscope, it's like it's like lightning, little rabbits, and they have these microphalluses. And every time they inject one, they inject um, they inject uh, genetic material, and then they take genetic material. So they're actually like encoding each other and switching each other's DNA up constantly and rearranging each other. So this is this is what sex is in microbes. And so they're actually recoding each other and becoming new species and new microbes constantly. So when we stress them out, of course, that's always the adaptive, you know, that's the adaptive moment, stress, right? So so DNA testing, stressing the microbes out would definitely change the microbes, which would make all our DNA testing have to be through that light. But it's not. Instead, it's like, this is the way it is blah! Permanence! And that's a lie! Things are way more fuzzy and complicated and wild.
0: It's just like other areas of academia, like history. The narrative that's pushed is linear progression. You know, and that is just not the way of it. The children's story.
1: I want to start by saying Matt is like
2: an occultist without knowing it. Yeah, and he just needs to study a few occult works, and and it, it, it's it's on then, um, it, which is just fantastic.
0: Uh, well, dude's got a lot of like spiritual mystic knowledge. We'll give him that. His yeah. whole thing about enthusiasm—that is—I
1: wrote a book on it. Yeah,
0: yeah I I was like, reading you, a good chunk of that yesterday, the, and it did is you find awesome.
1: Yeah, Did you, you
5: find the Yeah, you emailed yeah. it to
1: me. Oh, yeah, you got to check that out. You'll you'll. you'll fall in
4: love. I'm just still. Yeah, I'm still unpacking things. I got things in like
1: boxes.
2: <laughs> and... Don't I know how that is? The um, uh, so from the occult side, uh, yeah. that's just fascinating because almost every uh, <laughs> cosmology has in it a story of where um uh, the return of mankind comes from the soil that uh, uh like yeah. as a as a heathen after ragnarok which is the the doom of the gods and the whole world burns then lef and lefrasir were hidden in the mud by odin and then mankind mm-hmm. returns from lef and lefrasir and uh this ent- this story is repeated in so many different uh christianity it's the whole ashes, was to ashes. That mud
4: did you say it was mud
2: <laughs> yeah
4: do you guys see the, the recent studies do you guys see the recent studies saying that like life may have started in puddles title like yeah. Like, like, temporary, like yeah water puddles,
1: is like,
2: magic. Puddles. kicks the whole system off right um, yeah. Yeah. But not in the ocean. Everyone's like, in the
4: ocean. You know, it's like, no, the salt water is too much, actually. That was actually harder to figure out. But the purified rain and the puddles, the mud. It's, it's it, What do you guys think about that? Let's think, let's think about this for a second. Exactly what you're talking about, Benjamin. How did they know so many of our ancient traditions, through all of our different bloodlines and all the different cultures of the world, that like, 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 like reincarnation. It's like, yeah, the DNA from my body gets taken up by everything around me, the the nutrients and everything, and everything becomes, you know, the next generation, and and, and you know, matters neither it's created nor destroyed, right? But things are synthesized, so it's. <laughs> <laughs> microbes are magical um
2: well you but, always say you are what you eat when i was growing up as a kid and somehow
1: that just got forgotten and now everybody's plastic isn't it funny how we used to use that as an insult like that girl's so plastic and now it's like we rely upon plastic plastic shut your mouth it's like,
4: don't, it's like the Simpsons are like, don't talk bad about the TV. It's like, what? It's like people are caught up in a weird reality. It's sad to say. People are caught up in a weirdness and they're in a funk. And these ancient stories have such resonant truth patterns. And I think that in stories and in these myths, we find things in a digestible, like, like, you know, we do ferments and then we make them ready for plants, and then we give them to plants. We do the same thing with the foods. It's like the story format is like the ferment. The myth format is like the ferment for our deeper understanding and our hearts and, and spirit.
5: Yes, I'm I'm about to uh, do some work with some fellas about the, the myth of the homunculus. And I don't want to bust their bubble right in the beginning. I'm going to wait until the work is all done, and then I'm going to tell them that you know that might actually be just a kombucha recipe <laughs> but first we're mm. gonna have fun with all the you know potential implications of the homunculus hey Gabriel, I, I really
0: is, this a, uh, hum, is this a homunculus is <laughs> this a homunculus he's carrying a smaller <laughs> version of himself
5: don't drink the homunculus <laughs> <laughs>
0: I want to say like, I think a big understanding here is about how consciousness has this ability to manifest energy out of the raw potentiation that we would call source or maybe you call that ether. Maybe you call that universal mind. There's a lot of names you can apply to it, but it's the ineffable because it's not a thing. It's potentially thing or potentially energy. It's beyond the dimension of like place or physicality in any sense and
4: unless we realize shocking that it's like the way the way it is
0: but that's what your whole thing about enthusiasm is that's literally what you're doing you're pulling energy out of the potential with your consciousness and i think life does that across the board and if there is a they out there that (sighs) gatekeeps, i think that's the one thing they wouldn't want us to know how much energy we can truly manifest from the field of infinite potentiation then we need no middleman or you know we need no we don't need their stuff we don't need their goods and services anymore though
4: though though i I was talking to someone about this um I believe two days ago we really need those religions though and those myth keepers and those storytellers to keep holding those things not to change them but to preserve them because they are these stories are important and They've been used for manipulation, no doubt, through time, but that shows how powerful they are. <laughs> and their simple clarity and form. And to have them, you know, go away would be terrible. And I think, like, I actually, I had a myth come to me in a meditation two weeks ago, incomplete. And I wrote it down. And I haven't written it in full form yet, but it's like probably a 95 page book. And I'm going to release it at some point. But yeah. Yeah. That's what we need. We need those that kind of couching to understand our power. I think we need to see ourselves in that. Like you talk about like the, the, the bigger self and the smaller self held in the hand. That's what like books and like myth and, and creative thought is. It's us taking it into our hands and being able to look at it. So, Yeah,
1: honestly, the biggest problem isn't them as gatekeepers. It's
2: us being lazy. Because (laughs) myself, Chance, Gabe, we all spend time reading those books, dissecting them and gaining these understandings. And other people are like, yeah, that dude up there at the altar said and it is because they're lazy, the masses are lazy and don't want to understand and and the the books are there for all of us. most things are free on p d f on the internet at this point like that and even an audio book like it's just plain laziness that you watch t v
4: but but it's almost like that the books don't even work if you don't do the other work. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Unless you actually go and like you're in the nothing and you're you're within, in the place of all potential and you blanked out your mind, you pushed out your thoughts, and you're just there. You're just you're just and then all those things happen and you guys know what happens. It's it's sacred. It's almost like I don't know if I want to talk about it. It's so powerful. And when those things happen, it lights up all the stuff that you've been doing. And shows you how they're useful. And so it's almost like, for me, it's like input and output. It's like I eat the good foods, and then I and then, and then I go and I digest it. And the digestion is always the meditation. And if I don't meditate, I get all funky and weird.
0: And I don't, I don't. Well, that momentum thing applies to your practices, too. I know because I had like 65 or plus days in a row Qigong. And then I fell off to go to this event (laughs) and like now it's kind of hard to get in there. And I even like started experiencing some symptomatic stuff that I don't normally have. And like, yeah, so there's a real like that momentum thing is a reality across the whole spectrum and it's a, it's a vibe thing. (laughs)
4: Yeah. Yeah. and, And I think that it's a, it's an intent thing too, because it's like you can do the meditation um trying to force it. I've done that. And, and it's well, you're I've trying been
2: to doing bring yourself here. to a certain vibration. And that's that can't be forced. And and honestly, I think that's what's happening with thermophiles. Because from our discussion, there's no carcass left behind. So I think that's more of a vibrational thing where they're popping in and out. And that's more of a vibrational thing. And sometimes you're setting yourself on a vibration. And that can't be rushed. It can't be forced. You know, it's like you can't. Sometimes the hose can only go so fast. You can only get so so much through it at once.
0: Yeah, that's the direction so the I want to go.
4: Of things is is so important because the frequency deals with the energy levels, and oxidation is is one pathway to break down. Fermentation is the other. And so you can like gain in energy as you break down or lose an energy as you break down. So what do you, what do you think about that?
1: Bears. He's I, up. Going. I don't want to keep
4: going. I want you to add, I want you to add.
1: Oh, and Benjamin calls Joe, Joe, the, Joe, the toe. He's like this little, cause you know, he's like
2: five, he's like five <laughs> foot three. So oh, you're fun. talking about hey, Cody's
0: man. comment. Hit that little yeah. button, everybody thumbs up, hit the thumbs yeah. up. You yeah. know,
1: the bears. <laughs> <laughs> the bears. That little thumbs got a mean spin kick though. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. For sure.
2: But they kind they kind of ambushed uh, Owen Benjamin on a podcast with some other guys. So like, there's like this whole thing, and it's it's just a funny joke at this point, you
1: know. Everybody just laughs about it.
0: Yeah. Okay. So Matt, give your uh, rephrase your question for Benjamin there about frequency or uh, energy. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, energy so, and breakdown.
4: So so thinking about what you were just saying though, how these things like happen. The, and there's resonances that are pleasing and resonances that are not. Um, resonance deals directly with the amount of energy or the, uh, the gained or lost. Like we measure oxidation or reduction with millivolts. So it's like we're get- we're now literally showing that the antioxidant fruits and vegetables are higher in electrons and energy, and so people were like, "I gotta boost my vibration, I gotta like raise my like vibration." It's like from the seventies, right? uh, they were exactly correct, and everyone's like, "Oh, oxidation is." is is it leads to inflammation and oxidation oxidative stress it causes cancer so so this mill this idea of energy and the correct frequencies um and the the worrisome frequencies of these like devices i can't even find mine i guess that's a good thing um but oh it's this <laughs> yeah so these devices you know they're operating at certain frequencies and I think that's part of the shroud around all this stuff is that we, if if we just reach this point, we'll figure out a how to live healthily, how to unlock all the things that Tesla was working on with health and frequency, and we'll, we'll we'll actually be able to connect the sciences. Because I I think this is what I've stumbled upon with the millivolts, with the microscope, is that like we can connect all these sciences and they haven't been connected.
0: Yeah, I think that's crucial to what the issue of academia and the gatekeeping was. I mean, the gates were literally between disciplines. Being interdisciplinary was not something that you're encouraged to do in universities. compartmentalization. Compartmentalization, that's a better way to put it, yeah. Which is a principle of mind control and cult behavior. Right.
2: I would like to say that, so when you're looking electrically, the ion and the electron are actually one thing. And they're just split (laughs) during a short time or polarized. And then they always looking at a battery. The movement between like the cathode and the anode is a split of a particle into an ion and electron they're always the same thing. It's always one and it's, you know, it's either a vision or reaction creating a field. Um, so they're always the same thing. So if it doesn't have any electrons in it, it doesn't have any life in it at all. And you're not getting any life out of that food that you're eating. It's just dead and you're eating dead things. Um, that's part of why milk like my milk naturally tastes super sweet it almost tastes like somebody put a sweetener in it it's because it's got them live bacteria and that life in it It hasn't been pasteurized it's full of life and life is sweet and amazing um and i'd like to follow that with uh all of this talk that we're going in brings in the feet there's a whole thing in our community between field theory and train theory and really what this does is kind of set up both, because it's showing that there is uh, uh, something that is entering the body, all kinds of things, and your body's making adjustments, and some of them are positive, and some of them are negative, as far as your experience of it, so, but it's because of all kinds of things entering your body, but if your body is in a has a positive terrain. Most of these things react more positively in your body, and the experience is much better for you. So it, it's kind of a both when you really look at it. If if you know anything about both those things,
4: yeah, and you know it's kind of funny. I mean, everyone always looks to like germs for causing things, like oh uh, they get passed around. They never think about the the shipments of food. Um, Or that time period for food or what they did like to the food as it came in and and they blast these things sometimes and sometimes things come in and they're bad food and they're like, oh, radiated extra hard, you know, and like they they have bad food come in and it's like one of those factors that people don't think about.
0: Well, if we're talking about the possibility of life rearranging itself or even manifesting out of nowhere and then disappearing, depending on the conditions, would that apply to negative conditions? You know, bad food being shipped from here to China and you have like in the ground beef, there's five different cows and one pound of ground beef and it's been all over the place and completely incoherent, inconsistent frequencies. Yeah. Hey, we got got another caller. I'm so excited about this. You guys are going to love... Our, uh, our new friend here. This is James from Family Fun Guy. You may have recently heard him on Crow Triple Seven. What's up, James? I think he's been tuning into this whole chat. Yeah, yeah. I've been trying to catch as much as I can from the
6: beginning. Dude, so much gravy. Thank you. Yeah, so, so one thing that I... The reason I jumped in now is because y'all were talking about food quality. And it reminded me when y'all were speaking about uh, horizontal gene transfer. It, that's one of the reasons why I started avoiding all GMOs, any sort of genetically modified foods is, uh, just the premise that you, your body could possibly start rearranging that DNA. I'm taking it in. It does. You're so right. Yeah. And, and Balderson bringing up, uh, the Caballion, that's like one of the first books that I'll ever recommend to someone if they ask me for recommended reading. Because once you understand the principles, you can broadly apply them. Uh, the principles are few, but the applications are many. Hmm. And it's it's funny, just listening to Matt, like, dude, you already get so much of it, man. Um, it's, it's cool to like... Uh, he put have- so
2: much science to the occult without knowing
4: it. And it's just like, if he just changed a few little terms... <laughs> well where did science come from i mean when you explained alchemy to me i was like this is what the the chemistry farmers were doing they just didn't understand what they're doing and then earlier today talking to the former vp of the uh, uh organics he's like we are taking em and combining it with the salts and then it was making the field incredible i was like wait a second this is the two focused concentrates because EM is the concentrate of the biology and the salts of the concentrates of the mineral. Like ah, it was exactly what you were talking about. And they had these incredible, incredible reactions, you know? So uh, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, I, and for me, it's like, it's history. I mean, it literally is history. The alchemist became the the gentleman and the gentlewoman um, scientists, because in the 1700s, 1800s, there were like notable women doing science that was like unbelievable, you know? So I think that's back where, where we are. We're coming back to that. Generalism's coming back, home testing, home. I mean, I bought 10 jars today, glass jars, because I'm going to be doing all like the Korean natural farming preps. That's straight up alchemy, like straight up. And so it's like, it's the future, you know, and it's, we have the science to prove it. It's like a full circle moment, I think.
3: Exactly.
1: Exactly. The the whole difference is
2: when they compartmentalize with their science, they took out some of the spiritual aspects, which took out the understandings. And, and then the whole thing was a, was a wash, especially the part where the sulfur component or the life component of things, which they don't recognize at all. Like, like when I said you're eating dead food, it, it's amazing the difference between, uh, even though they've preserved the flesh of the thing, they've basically like, w- with these foods you guys are eating, they've basically like embalmed them. Like as a human, and so the flesh is still there, but the life is degraded and gone, and And you can tell the difference. Yeah, like like when you're doing an extraction, and and you've got plant material that was not that's like a year old, there that oil comes out black, and as opposed to a year, if you take it out when it's fresh, it comes out either a clear or a, a bright yellow like this it's a super bright and that's that life component that you're taking in that they really thoroughly try to kill in every every way and we recognize that and try and because the entire actual process the great work is the sulfur is supposed to pass through the mercury and enliven the salt and that's when everything
1: coagulates together and that's the great work that's where you get the stone. Have you done that? Oh, yes. I do that a
2: lot. That's where all these understandings come from is all the time that I spend in the lab watching this over and over. And for me, that's how you build faith. Because for me, faith is something I know happens because I've done it. I've experienced it. I've watched it a million times. I don't even question that this is how it works.
1: So that to me is true faith. Faith through work. So you work with mercury? Mercury's awesome, I'm totally
4: right? Afraid of mercury. I'm totally afraid of mercury.
1: What? <laughs> that's so. That's so.
2: They've so. Uh, oh, that is such a myth that they've propagated, brother. Like it, now, granted, when you're making it, the breathing of too much mercury vapor is horrible. But you got to treat mercury like a solvent. Understand that that's a solvent for like the metal level. So when they say an amalgamation, all that thing has done is become a solvent and taken in the the metals around it that are dissolvable for the mercury, and it will soak them in. Now once it soaks them in, if you go look in a lot of Vedic uh, medicine, they will take mercury and they will feed it gold. And they'll take gold flake and they'll just rub it in and the mercury just eats it, eats it. And eventually, when the mercury reaches a saturation point, the mercury becomes solid and they wear it in the shape of a Shiva around their neck and they dip it in their tea. Because once something's saturated, what's it do? It starts releasing. And now that gold becomes bioavailable to you
1: through the mercury, brother. I'm afraid of Mercury. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a myth.
3: respect for the fumes, following your conviction. Breathing it, fumes,
2: definitely don't do that. And that's where, that's where the whole myth came from, like the whole Mad Hatter thing. Because yeah. we're purifying the Mercury, you know, distilling it, which is, oh, that's something I wanted to say about what you were talking about earlier, the difference between salt water and fresh water. The fresh water's been distilled. Through through the natural, because uh, for me we live in an enclosed system. We have uh, firmament or whatever you want to call it. The the a vacuum and 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 uh, material cannot exist next to each other without something holding the the gases and things in. It just how it works. Basic science. Are we in a constant um, state of
0: fermentation because of the firmament? Yes, that was the question uh, from Kabir.
2: That's where we are. We are the archaeus of life. As as an alchemist, one of the things you do then one of the first things you do is the archaeus of life in water, where you just go out and you catch rainwater and you ferment it, and you watch that life will just start growing out of this, and more more uh, uh, complex life will grow out of that life, and this whole thing will develop, and that's all we are is
1: basically a, a big distillation.
0: Ben, I wanted to talk some more brother. about this idea of the life coming out of the soil and the mythology around that. And maybe if you could talk to us a bit about how that comes down to us from your traditions. <laughs> I tapped into the uh, digital collective unconscious with the AI art generator today for the cover art of the show. And I put in life manifesting from the soil. And the AI gave me this. And I was like, that's pretty much like what I was imagining here. So Is it kinda, what's that?
4: Is that Dolly? Uh,
0: I don't <laughs> know. It's not Dolly. It's AI. <laughs> I don't know where <laughs> oh, it got its inspo AI from.
4: Uh,
0: oh, no, no. I used an app called um, Photo Leap, Motion Leap. It's a okay. phone app. Okay. Yeah. I'll
4: have to try that one out. My boys, <laughs> we already used up all the uh, Dolly, um, like, Credits you get every two months like credits, but like you can do like, it's like a sl-
0: someone was saying it's like a slot machine, you're just like, Give me a good one, come on, give me a good one. It's always the first one that's the best one. I got so, nothing but garbage after that. Some of them
4: were so creepy. They had like a bear and its eyes were melting into the microscope. I was like, This is terrible, <laughs> I'm scared.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a, a tad <laughs> bit demonic, yes. So I kind of wanted to bear jump on.
6: And, oh, yeah. Know, Please, James. Yeah. I kind of wanted to jump in on the life emerging from the soil co- uh, concept because I started to break this down on a crow episode about how our bodies are culture vessels. And so whatever we're feeding our bodies, we're feeding our culture. And as above, so below, whatever's in our culture starts to express itself outwards. And so we're part of the chain of Light condensing into matter so that we can fuel ourselves with that light to decode our life story in our DNA. And so we have to be mindful of what we are using as the energy source and the mineral source for that process because we are this middle point, this middle catalyst. Uh, Someone's saying, I am the living soil, I'm the living soul. That's it. That's it. And so, you know, if we want to heal our soul, we heal our soil in our gut, and we heal the soil on the planet. And you know, I kind of feel that I'm listening to Balderson and listening to Matt, and I feel like I'm in the middle because I, I'm, I'm like hearing both things and connecting on both of those levels. Like I'm sitting here in our, um, in in our lab in our production space, and like this is all my behind me, <laughs> and like I. I do this in, in my everyday life to bridge the gap between the spiritual and the material and seeing all of these different parallels with how health is the, is, is the penultimate focus for your day, because there are so many things that can get you off task. And uh, Gardner was even talking about this in one of Owen's streams. Uh, Topher said the, that one of his meditation masters told him to focus on three things. Eating, sleeping, and pooping, and it, if you can get those three nailed, then you're you're in the flow. You're you're back in the rhythm, and it's it, it's it's profane on some Is level. That third part it's also, that
0: trips people up.
6: Yeah, always, always, man. That's because people don't shovel poop. Like I have I have chickens, I have goats, and if you're tied to the land, you know what's up, and uh, you you get that. Uh, all all of these alleged plans and conspiracies aren't going to happen. It's just, it's more of a threat. Like if you don't do it, if you don't provide the fertility, if you're not a participant, then mm-hmm. it, you're going to trust us to do it. Well, this is how we do it. You know, we treat the soil like it's uh like it's a growing medium, not like it's an ecosystem. Um, and it's it's as callous as the banking system is, and. And you see that you, you see that everything is, is brought down to the basis of exploitability and uh, if, if it can be made into currency and I, and I get that at a level, but currency is this mercurial idea, the carrier just, Hey man, I'm taking your labor energy and now it's this guy's labor energy.
0: And if you Let can me throw something in here, James, that what you just said about soil being either an environment or a medium, depending on your perspective, that is the exact same misconception that is applied to ether as well. If you go look up the definition of ether on the googles or whatever, you'll get that they're describing it as a medium and it is not. If there is something that operates in the functionality that we attribute to what we call ether, it would be that potentiation that is exists beyond and before and primary to place, space, physicality, even energy. That is there has to be and it's best to just understand it similar to your mind, that an idea in your head can give your physical body energy. You can potentiate energy from the mind or even form from the mind. Like somebody thought of a water bottle like this before it was made, right? So the soil is a similar thing. It is this field of potentiation, I think, is what we're getting at here. It's not a medium. A medium is like they want to constantly influence us with this idea of mediums and middlemen, and go-betweens, yeah. and gatekeepers, because that's where you siphon off the top. That's the trickster that's right. of the Mercury, or the ferryman. hmm
6: Yeah. And also,
1: the see,
6: the, pro- the big
1: problem
2: big, is, is that medium, I, I understand what you're saying, and I don't disagree with what you're saying spiritually, but even that potentiation, the life has to travel. It doesn't appear until there's water there. Until there's something, until there's a solvent in, to make that transfer happen. So, yeah, and, and Waters like is like
0: soil in that sense.
2: Right. So so you've got to have something to make the transition or else you've got a hot wire and a negative wire and nothing's happening. Here's your potential. Here's here's your thought. Here's your here's your wisdom. This is what act, actually having done it, you need something to
1: make that transition happen water serves so many different purposes at the ether thing
0: James were you good on your thought I kind of cut in on you I thought I was going to be shorter but then I was like end this end this
6: (laughs) no no like to if you if you wanted to dig deeper with that uh, discussion about potential energy like that is the field is potential energy and you can tap into that and um, I, I think in the secret teachings of all ages Manly Hall It may be him or he quotes someone that says like the the seething hands of Lucifer are um, like the energies are there. But people can people choose more often to do ill will with it, with that mercurial energy, with that energy that has potential and has ability. And more times than not, they feed their their immorality and desires rather than using it for the carrier, for the gold, for the highest principle. If you can use it as a carrier for the highest principles instead of fulfilling base desires, then you're elevating your being. And thus, in, in just like with resonance, if you pluck one guitar string, the other five start to uh, resonate. You become that point of resonance for people to find the field again.
2: Exactly. Mercury doesn't have a charge. It's, it's the balance point. It's the positive and the negative that have charges, and you're choosing where you're where you're going with that. Like Matt was talking about, whether you're doing oxidation or fermentation, it, it, it's the energy is going to move either way, but you're choosing how it's going to move.
1: And what's wild is it's.
4: Um... We can they make things more reduced, but at the same time, something else is always being oxidized. That's how it works. <laughs> so it's, you can't you can't do one without the other, and that's the, one of the things that makes people kind of go a little crazy when you start bringing that up. Um. Right. 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 So so the energies thing. I also did a video recently about how. like plants are like solar panels and they're bringing down the energy. They're breaking water, doing hydrolysis, releasing H plus as a proton into the soil. It's being stored in organic matter as the battery. And, and this environment, this charging of the soil is what built the large, dark, beautiful, rich soils that we mined in agriculture. And as we mined those, we removed all the nutrients, which are charges. They're each nutrient is a charge. And then we oxidize by tilling. So they went into the air or got locked up in the soil with oxygen. So we removed the oxygen from the environment from the air. And then we put it in the soil and we remove the nutrients and the charge and the energy from the soil. And put it in the air, and this there's all these theories about like why the env- the the atmosphere is shrinking and leaking oxygen, and how we're more open to solar solar flares now. Um, and I think it might have to do with the basics of a, of, of the, the positive negative. Um, and I'm going to be talking with with Crow tomorrow about this, about how the Earth. Is like the female side of the battery you know it's negatively charged, but don't think negative like you're being negative, you know it's like and the sky is positive, and that's why when we're earthing, we're actually taking on those negative ions and it's good, we're getting more in touch with Mother earth literally and 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 the sky you know is the, right now they're totally imbalanced from what we like always had, and so. This this loss of an imbalance of energy, this um, this diminishing of, of of the charge of the earth, could I mean, if you remove one side of a battery's energy, you remove it from the other. You charge up one side of a battery, you charge up the other. So the fact that we've lost the charge of our soil, I mean, is this the path to Mars? Is that is that Cause we're on? So, because we're certifying.
6: So I kind of want to jump in on that uh, like the charge going from one side of the battery to the other and kind of going back to the ferryman or the intermediary is kind of like a voltage regulator. That way you don't short yourself out. It's like a breaker. Um, this is something that I felt with using uh, different ceremonies is you can, you can center yourself to sort of upgrade your breaker, upgrade, uh, upgrade your capacity, your capacitance. And so whenever you're, let's say having to free yourself of the uh, earth space time paradigm for, for a minute, you can have the capacity to travel in the astral. You can get all of these insights um, that we're all discovering and sharing. Like we're just the same consciousness subjectively perceiving itself and just sharing like, Hey dude, have you seen, have you shown a light in this corner yet? Like this, this is what this might look like. And, Whenever you're talking about mining the soil, it's that's exactly what's been going on. It's been strip mined, and then I'm I'm thinking also in terms of parallels with the financial system, is that they're like mining these charges to uh to to be later applied. Um, It's and and it's up to us to either be back in the soil, putting our our blood, sweat, and tears that all carries charges putting that back in the soil or are we going to keep putting ourselves in sarcophagi and keep distancing ourselves from that, which gave us being.
2: Hmm. Yeah. So I, I love that. I definitely want to talk to you again. Um, but, uh,
0: uh, you don't need to have James on Odin's alchemy. You guys would really love it.
2: Yeah. We need to chat.
0: Uh, And you got to do an interverse, but we already know that we'll, we'll get there. I got to hang out with James uh, all weekend. It's fucking amazing, and his beautiful uh, family, uh, his wife, the babies, nice, so good.
2: So for me, the world's a battery. I've I've talked about that a number of times. It's a biochemical universe, and uh, what happens in a battery as a battery wears out is it's called uh, sulfation, where the the salts will actually uh, uh, release out of the mercury. And bond themselves to the plates, and you get this salt buildup on your plates. And now because there's not a differential, you uh lose your charge ability. And so when I talk about uh and I, I think this might happen cyclically, and whether uh we join in on it, is that because that's the energy of right now? Because then when you look at Ragnarok, Ragnarok cert comes down with this army of fire giants and drives fire through the nine realms. All the planets, all the luminaries burn to ash. And that's basically the way to cure sulfation in a battery is to take and throw a hard charge at it. Not your normal charge recharging of the system where it's an electrolysis process that moves everything back. I'm talking about you throw a hard charge at that and it frees that salt up off it, basically like making a, uh, almost like making an electromagnet where you got to pop it and, you know, popping the metal to get them salt to free and get that polarization again. And uh, that's basically what's happening, in my opinion, in a lot of these stories where it's an electrical discharge. That's happening at the end times or whatever you're talking about. So this uh, uh, releasing of the
1: everything in the earth and moving up into the sky may just be a cyclical thing that happens.
4: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) we're all just crunching on that one. I see it as part of the history of tillage, and I see it as the beginning of tillage as the end of 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 the large animals that were the tillage factor. And you know, I mean, the Adam and Eve story—if you think about it—was us lo- violating some or or thinking we're violating some principle of nature, and then it it it, it kicking us kicking kicking us out of paradise. And what we're doing with permaculture. We're trying to create a sustainable system of of working with nature. We're trying to reconcile those sins and, and it's possible. Like that's the thing we actually can like create a system. Like we know we've seen the examples and it's, and that's the the most beguiling part about this is that we have the, 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 the way to live. We have all these solutions. We have the, the science we have, the, the, the spiritual backing we have all the traditions from all of our different uh cultures from all over the world and it's really just about doing it it's about doing our meditations. it's about developing the soil so that we can we can see that connection and feel those connections i think that all the issues that we're facing now stem from this and it could be and I mean, I think that's why all the stories and all the legends and all the myths and all the religions all find commonality too. They're all trying to teach us some fundamental lessons um, and get us to just listen and slow down.
1: Um, and so,
4: yeah, I wish I knew more about, you know, some of the things you do. Um, but but from my perspective, um, we can fix all these things and there are ways, and it, 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 a lot of it looks like our ancestors were participating in alchemy that we still don't understand. Like the Amazonians, like Terra Preta, that was an alcohol. Uh, I mean, they still don't know how it was made. People still aren't doing it.
0: People yeah, can, and, and, uh, please define that. It's a type, it's Earth, Terra, but in case anyone's so not familiar with fine, that idea.
4: But layer so i'll define it and you can make what i define and we can do it and it's great but it's not the same and i'll tell you why so what it is is it's biochar it's fish bones and 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 and, and fish fish uh meal it's um ye- like beer yeast um it's lactic, lactic acid bacteria um it's manure from people made from animals um urine and they got buried so they would use these these pits that they were making corn corn beer with and they were they were lightly fermenting it under heat so that was waking up the lactobacillus that 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 simmering process and then these clay pots would break Quite often because it wasn't like clay pots like we have now; it was very thin, and so and grandmas would always be walking around spitting in each of them. They would spit in each of the pots, and so then they would all drink it and 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 I, I guess get drunk. I think that I think that it was you know, like,
2: it sounds like making
4: salt, like, Peter. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, they were, they were
4: creating a lot of different things because they were cooking below, they were, uh, and it would break, and then it would interrupt that, or it would go through all the, all the process, and then they would bury it. So there would be ash, there would be compost, there would be, be so many different things, and we can all do this. But what happened with them with Momentum, like we talked about earlier? It was that, like, that principle behind um, so much of alchemy where you compound, 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 compound. They did these parties as a culture. And this is how they dealt with their latrines. This is how they dealt with their waste. And they kept things clean this way. And so all the shells from uh, from the shellfish, everything went into these things. And what happened is all these pits had winners. So they had this consortium of microbes come out of those yeast lab and human poop, and and our and our and and their 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 manure, which also came from the food from the land. So it's like a full feedback spectrum loop of all the different nutrients from the landscape, all the different like feedback. They're probably eating mushrooms too from the landscape and, and eating everything they can that's coming out in the poop. And so it's this like full spectrum but something happened where a consortium won because this consortium is different from what we could probably create on our own, just doing it. Um, this took time and over hundreds and thousands of years, this soil became so persistent that you could cut it down to just 10 centimeters and it's feet thick. And it, if you just covered it with organic matter, it would eat down into the sediment and eat the organic matter and redevelop another horizon. And people like in, in the Amazon sell the soil because of this. It's apparently now like considered a national treasure, and that's why I can't get a copy or, I mean, a sample of it to do a DNA um, sequencing of it to see what is in there, but or see approximation of what's in there, really.
0: But this is. Eblis here is saying that the secret ingredient is dust from the Sahara that travels across the ocean. Well, that that's would be a non, not very intuitive ingredient and make it hard to reproduce if that was really like the secret sauce. Interesting comment.
4: Well, well that, that dust is, a, is falling all over um, the Caribbean too, and that is actually driving all the storms. And so, as uh, Kemal Brothway, my poetry teacher, who is a, a, a Barbadian um, poet said that you could we should predict all the weather and all the storms and hurricanes and tropical storms starting in the Sahara with the dust there. So definitely, definitely has an influence. Um, but this, these are these are anthropologically created soils, and they've proven it. Our pottery shards are throughout it. They, they, our, our DNA is in it it's it's wild and so they know it's people soil and and the soil itself is regenerative it constantly regenerates itself and it spreads and that consortium is special it's a national treasure now people think that it's what inspired em and so um though people argue with that that that's not the case there's a time period in japan where um like they were talking about earlier today in my other in my on my podcast they're talking about it was like a renaissance time period in japan around microbes you know entire branches of science focused to just one microbe so pretty wild but
1: i got off on a tangent what was i saying
0: I have saved up some questions from the audience that were particularly good. Maybe we can sure. just field those for a while. I think that they might take up some time. So to go back to your opening story about the desert and the life springing from nothing <laughs> and when the right. uh, you know, when the mycelium begins to show up in the mushrooms, and I'm glad we have James here for this part of the conversation. So this is from our buddy Kyle, a.k.a. Typica New Herbs. Hung out with him all weekend at the Bear Fest as well, me and James and Kyle. Awesome times with for too. So he asks Do you think the spore existed in this landscape, back to the desert, as an isolated spore, like the egg before the chicken? Or do you think the changing landscape created the conditions for the spore to exist and it came into existence?
4: Okay, so that, that's our muscular mycorrhizal fungi, if it was there. They could create spores from their library of genetic material that they've collected throughout their life. A muscular mycorrhizal fungi collects nuclei from other phyla and, and other species and it can spin off things. So that could do that, but you need someone to create the spore. They wouldn't, the genetic material itself wouldn't respond to water and photosynthetic products and create a spore. The spores, just lasts so long it's like fungal dna it's like indestructible it, it's very difficult to break down and so that's why people say you know theoretically dna can last millions of years um, to, to break down and then some people say it breaks down within a few weeks but they're talking about breaking down from a readable level it breaks down to smaller pieces which are still there and can still be pieced together. So, so it's really kind of wild. when You look at it like from that perspective.
2: So, so for me then it's similar to like the Archaeus of water as that more complex life starts appearing. <coughs> the DNA for that life was always there, but the environment wasn't suitable like terraformed and those uh, those smaller life forms terraformed that the environment until the biome was suitable for these other creatures for their dna to express itself and then once that was there the expression happens and just like the thermophile like i was talking about that seems to have like a very to me a very short window of expression and so it just pop in and out and that's an expression of the DNA that was always latently there, but the environment had to be there. And this is why you have to build up that biome and starting with your fungal. And it has to just kind of move up and and build itself up. And then from there, you get your trees in there to protect all of that. That's such a huge key portion of that is getting those trees in there and understanding that I, I do agree with Matt that we can fix things uh since the industrial revolution we've cut down over 80 percent of the trees on the planet and then wonder what happened to the planet's biome and why all the water's out of our soil and and a and, uh, simple just cutting a road creates a desertification and much less wiping out whole masses of trees the the water yeah. can't even move
4: this is the, the most frustrating thing. They want to make climate change into this esoteric like in, in, in numbers game. And it's like, none of that's real. All that's an a, a, a average of an average of an average. But cutting down the forests, destroying the watersheds, these are real. We can, we can measure this. It literally changes the climate from like a humid to an arid one. It's like, it, and it changes the water cycle over time as well. The water cycle doesn't immediately react, but on the ground, there's an immediate reaction.
0: The metaphor of the vampire sucking things dry is very accurate here. You know, it makes one wonder if over time, whatever pattern has been going on in this realm to siphon energy out of the environment and out of the life forms. (laughs) You know, someone with a darker bent or a more like uh, pop culture, Gnosticism belief system might even like I get why people look at the world and what they can what slice they can see of it and think like ah uh, i guess we're just these bags of energy that are walking around waiting to be harvested by something some other force because it seems like it's reasonable to think that earlier in the realm life was bigger and more distributed in in mass and thicker and like you know slowly over time in our own lifetimes there has been We have seen less and less life in terms of like the diversity of it and how many animals do you see in a day and all of that. So, but I think that it's not exactly this linear once it's gone, it's gone. I do think that we're starting to see the evidence that it's really the bandwidth of perception and the energy that we hold in our own body vessel that allows us to see more or less of the spectrum of life's potential manifest in the environments that we go through. Because when you interact with animals, they seem to be interacting with us on an individual level. You know, they have this psychic connection that is hard to describe. Uh, You know, a bird will just fly right between you and somebody else in a way that, like, why would that bird do that? You know, like, messages are really there from the world mind, the world psyche. That was a big ramble.
6: I have hummingbirds all the time come up to me. (laughs) Yeah, I'm down in Louisiana where we get hit with some pretty strong hurricanes and just the dredging that they do to keep the canals open here for shipping and uh, the deforestation has created such a big problem with soil erosion that, I mean, since we were kids, we get hit with numbers like uh, you you lose like two football fields a year of shoreline. Um, and it's like, what, whether that's exactly what it is or not, it still lets you know that uh, our actions are having a tangible effect. Um, well, I kind of want to circle back to the idea of the diversity of microbes like in Terra Preta is I was reading this paper whenever I was still in college and we had to give a presentation on it. It was like me and this, and this other person I was in class with. And so we had to really analyze it. And there was a control group that was in Oklahoma who had like the standard American diet. And then there were like two of the experimental um, cohorts were uh, a tribe in Ecuador and a tribe in uh, Central Africa. And they were doing, uh, they were doing fecal diagnostics to see the microbiome makeup. And in the, Group in Ecuador, they had photosynthetic bacteria uh, cyanobacteria in in their gut, and they were the the researchers were baffled as to why that would be there, and ultimately concluded that it was from their diet <laughs> and, and so that's like consuming spirulina or uh, chlorella or something in those those same veins that are extremely local to their environment and the cyanobacteria are the, the big producers, the, the oxygen makers, and then the fungal realm are the big decomposers, the, the alchemical recyclers that don't allow any energy to be wasted, but just merely changed into another form.
4: Yeah, the engine for this is Rhodocidomonas palustris, purple non sulfur bacteria. Um, it, 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 it's similar where it can feed four ways and so it can also eat sunlight so it photosynthesizes creates oxygen it's it's.
3: I mean you can drink this the little person on it it's
1: it's yeah.
2: funny because they know at one point so I went on this whole tour of San Francisco with Homie Romy and Don Dan uh, Rising from the Ashes podcast and when uh, basically San Francisco is a sand dune, and in order to stabilize that, to make it so they could do something with it, they brought in mate- organic material, a, uh, namely horse shit, and mixed that in with the, the sand in order to give it stability to start doing something and making it uh, workable they understood that you had to have that organics in there or else your soil just falls apart. Um, the same thing, the mountain I live on, they heavily forested and cleared this at one point in time and the land just sloughed right off of it
1: because you've got to have that organics holding things together.
3: And the organics are the
1: charge.
4: They're the only things holding the energy in the battery. So everything flows because they're there. So nutrients, they're flowing on a maglev train on the hyphae of fungi, no doubt. But what's powering that is because every few micrometers, the fungi goes right through a chunk of organic matter or biochar and uses that to store energy and gather energy and hold energy itself as well so all these microbes you know what i mean there's bacteria that can can send off little flashes of light to communicate they think there's 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 bacteria that eat you know literally eat electrons and um, there's, there's others that like it's their waste uh so it's it's they're the alchemists they truly are the alchemists
6: yeah so and i like how we're Sorry, I, I like how we're looping back to carbon storing the energy because like we're the we're the conscious carbon being the intermediary for the energy and holding the charges. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, I actually, actually want to ask Gabriel, like, so I'm thinking of the microbiome, the diversity of organisms through diet and placenta uh, placentaphagy because my wife has just had our second in April. And you guys have both been dropping some serious gravy about placentophagy and the spiritual implications could you have you had a thought about this that you could weave um from what's been what's been spoken about so far?
0: for Gabriel, and, uh, everything can back to the placenta there's at least several thoughts here. I'm glad you asked him a question. I've been wanting yeah. him to weigh in
5: Yes, well uh so. So strange, so strange, the perfect bridge between this topic and the placenta is the red cap it 's the Phrygian cap, and the Phrygian cap is the red cap of the mushroom, and it is also metaphorically the red cap of the placenta that the baby is initiated into this world wearing, and so uh, these are many layers of the um Mithraic initiation process. Uh, but yeah, I do believe that, you know, there is a communion when you're about to be initiated. It's probably a cracker with probably some uh, psilocybin. You know, that word's sybe. Sybe is a, you know, a uh, umbrella shape or a covering or a firmament, something that you uh, take shelter under. Um, so... Strangely enough, in that one phrase, that one word, cyb, the cyborium, we have all of the conspiracies wrapped up in one. <laughs> that the uh, you know, that the mysteries are entheogenic, you know, um, that the nature of the place that we're in, there is some kind of dome. What is the mystery of the dome? If we could just figure out the dome, we would know all the answers we're looking for uh and also uh it is the placenta this is the metaphor of the placenta uh because uh uh certain religious orders uh they believe that babies with strange birth features are often the chosen ones or that they will have a, a life path to become a messenger you know a mercurial message carrier um So, yeah, uh, apparently I've heard of, like, in Tibet, it depends on the diameter of the umbilical cord. And so some babies are born with, like, extremely wide umbilical cords, and they become, like, the chosen one, the spiritual shaman of the village of their area. And then there's some other guy on the other side of Tibet, and he's got an extra long umbilical cord. And he's and he's totally tuned in. He's got some kind of special abilities, you know. Uh, all of these strange birth anomalies, uh, you know, they used to get honored. The
2: and Catholics to, got the one where the placenta attaches to the forehead. That's supposed to be like a chosen child in the Catholics.
5: Yes, yes. So strangely enough, wow. it does. It matches up perfectly to all of the mysteries and metaphors of the mushroom as well. So it's it's a. So oddly perfect that you even asked the question. <laughs> Dude, that
0: is We're about the adaptability of DNA in organisms. It is amazing how adaptable the placenta is like even after the baby comes out if it has trouble breathing and they've left it attached, the placenta will start breathing for the baby. It can it's like got an intelligence to it. And mushrooms are adaptogenic too. So many of them will choose what they do for the body based on what the body most needs. There's this communication, which I think is the primary nature of nature is communication. <laughs> so I found this picture, Gabriel, this is a legend of Zelda game screenshot and look, his friggy and <laughs> cap looks like a stork also like scissors and he's sitting on a mushroom. I feel like that connects all the dots we were just talking about.
6: <laughs> Absolutely. That's awesome. It even <laughs> brings in a little bit of uh, circumcision.
5: Yeah, totally, totally. It's got the scissors on the beak and the, uh, uh, that's the, nice
6: the veil on the, that, up. that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, the veil on the cap is so, really like right. The veil on the cap is already broken from the mushroom.
2: <laughs> I, I kind of wanted to look back at the uh, carbon cycle and state that it's the movement of the carbon that is creating the energy. The carbon itself is so like when you eat things, it breaks it down into particles. And most people think, you know, you get all your energy comes from the sugars, or the glucose, but it's not that carbon's still blocking it. It's the release of that carbon that makes glucose turn into ATP, which then makes it usable. And then you release it. And then the tree takes it, puts it back it you know and it releases with uh oxygen because that's where it, what you're using your oxygen for. That's the mercurial side. The oxygen is the negative side. It's oxidating things and ripping out those carbon molecules, feeding them to the tree, which were then the fusions happening back down in there. And it, that's why you need that H plus down in the ground because that's where the, the hydrogen's creating the fusion and then that carbon's fused again and then we take in that next bit of organic material break it down and it's that that transfer of carbon back and forth back and forth so it's
1: it's i just wanted to refine that a little bit
4: as i understand it the protons are held on the carbon uh, on on the organic matter surface um, And it's that that ability to hold water. It's the ability to hold energy. It's the ability to hold nutrients. Not the actual carbon itself that makes it the battery. So, so in moving any and transforming anything, you must. Re- everything requires energy to change, and so the movement of carbon and the changing, of course, requires energy and um it's always a part of it but when i'm talking about it being the battery it's because um like let's do this jar soil test we're shaking up your soil if your soil has had um regenerative soil treatments done to it the sand itself will be blacker it'll be darker and that'll be because the that will be glommed onto there and and It will, will extend the carrying capacity of nutrients in your soil because now your clay and silt and sand has this organic matter glue attached to it, which allows it to hold more. And, and, and so it's holding more water, which always is energy. Like, that's the thing that people don't understand. People are like, Oh, it's really reduced. That's going to mean like moist or wet you know and so it's like a lot of energy means water you know what I mean when you when you get to the extremes and so you know breaking that apart I think is 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 is, for my understanding and the way I put it together from what I've studied and worked with um that that's what
3: that's what I mean when I say that
1: no, I, I agree with what
2: you're saying. It's working like as a capacitor. It's not actually where the energy is, but it's, it's having that in there allows to bind in the soil to express itself out so you can take it in. And then the removal of the carbon lets you incorporate that energy. And that's why I was saying it's the H plus in the soil is where that bonding has to happen with the carbon. So then your removal of the carbon lets you basically take the energy directly out of the soil and incorporate it into your body
4: but that's why it's so critically important actually to not remove that carbon from the soil and have the excess carbon from the process be what we feed off of and that's the the, the, like we talked about the death of soil. we talked about like the history of like uh just taking and taking the actual system when it's working properly is one of uh the cup overrunneth it's, it's one of abundance. It's one that, and it's one of constant inspiration, right? So it's like you're constantly having new ideas. You're constantly getting new levels of health. You're constantly seeing new levels of expression with your plants, new colors. New, wow, there's so many more fruits this year. And it's, it's that, that, that level of expression that we're all after.
3: I got
0: a question from our chat earlier. Michelle from Michelle's Healing Home. Wonderful, Michelle. She wants the panel to talk about what we think regarding using hot spring water to fertilize soil. What would be the benefits of that, if, the, if any? Who wants to take depends. that one?
6: Yeah, I was going to say the possibility of introducing some thermophiles that aren't already in the soil. Um, but who knows what that's going to do in relationship with what's already in your soil. Because again, it it can't be like this biological or mineral inputs mindset. It's, it it has to be a consortium. It has to be, um, an orchestra. It, It can't just be violin on solo. It has to be everyone's playing together because like what, what I do here, I'm isolating pure cultures, to grow specific mushrooms. And it's, it's unnatural. Um, and, and I'm completely aware of that, but I'm also aware of the benefits that this can have for my community that needs to heal their gut. Um, my chickens, like there, there are a lot of downstream benefits to doing this, but also we can't just play the favorites. And so it would be cool to do that as an experiment. And I would encourage you to introduce it to a small portion of your garden. Don't just go watering everything in. But the, the best experience, uh, the best teacher is experience.
4: I would test the water for sure, but then I would dive fully into doing an IMO1 collection. So Korean Natural Farming 101, right? IMO1. You're going to go out there with your your basket or your box. Um, I'm making six cedar boxes right now. I have planks on the porch. And um, you go out there and you're going to put one of your boxes right by this spring. Maybe you're going to do a couple by the spring. I don't know. Because that means you, your boxes need you success rate. You know, that's a thing. So do multiple boxes in each location so that you have a guaranteed uh, success. But the idea is that you want to get it from the spring. You want to get it from the dry region area. You want to get it from the area where it's like the best soil. You want to get it from the area that's like kind of rough and tumble, like, you know what I mean? Like full sun. You want to go to all the different biomes you can in your bioregion, collect the biology, and then make a library. That's what all the glass jars are for you guys. I'm doing uh, like of all the IMOs for this 24 acres that I'm on. And, 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 and have that hot springs be a part of that. And so you sample from there, you sample from the dry, you sample from the wet, you sample from next to the river, you sample from the full sun and you sample from the shade where the soil is unbelievable. And then you combine that when you're making your IMO three. So, so, and this is stuff that, you know, the indigenous microorganisms, IMOs, all those recipes are online. Um, I go over them in depth and show how to use them all in my course. And so does Chris Trump. Um, It's, it's, that, that is, is like mycology without a sterile field. It's alchemy in so many ways. And it's also food preservation applied to, to, to food waste or uh, to to, to, um, agricultural um, biomass, you know, waste. So it's incredible.
2: And I personally and my kids have taken three of Matt's classes. So that's actually how I uh, brought him into the community. I've been following and listening to Matt for for quite a few years. Um, And 100% that's getting it processed through bacteria. So any uh, minerals, heavy minerals are bioavailable to the plants. That's key. And then again, like Matt said, uh, uh, get it tested, um, because depending on the hot springs, like you can hear stories about some that have an extreme lithium factor. Where if crazy people went and bathed in those springs, they would come back, you know, and and people with bipolar or whatnot would come back, and it's because they had just taken in a bunch of lithium or uh, sulfur hot springs. So each hot springs has a vastly different mineral content, and that and then. Getting those minerals processed, I think it's an a awesome idea, um, and especially incorporating that into the Korean natural farming, where it's getting proce- those are getting processed and adding that in, uh, it'll be much easier for your uh, biome to process if it. Process it if it's
1: already been processed by bacteria.
4: Yeah, once we figure out that the layer of our reality is determined and controlled by little microorganisms that we have a hard time keeping track of. But we know we're held, like, not hostage by, but they hold the keys. (laughs) It's pretty wild. You know, it's like, well, they're in your gut. They're in the plants. They're in the soil. And it's like, they're doing all this work. To make it so that the food actually gets digested, without them the plant wouldn't survive. Without them, the soil wouldn't form. Without them, we'd all just shrivel up and die. It's
6: yeah, incredible. That kind, of, that kind of goes into like Wu Wei is, and, and focusing on those three things that I was I was talking about earlier is you you just kind of do those as a natural byproduct of of your being, and it's just part of going with the flow because those microbes in your gut also make reward mechanisms. They, they make vitamins, they make them available. They, they help in the process or directly make a lot of hormones, which determines and furnishes your attitudes for the day and the week and the month. And, you know, there are times for, uh, for feeding those, for, for feeding those specific bacteria. And, You know, I think uh, not to offend any vegans, but I think that the vegan psyop comes in that you're supposed to do that all the time. But it's really just supposed to be a good cleansing diet that allows your body to uh, to declog your liver. That's a really important one. Declog your uh, your gallbladder, really cleanse those important organs and uh, keep your lymphatic system going because your lymphatic system doesn't have a pump. Your movement is the pump. Like you have to keep it going. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, and so recognizing these these principles, and I, I kind of want to circle back to the Kabbalion. The principles are few. The applications are many. You just have to recognize the ways in which they are applying to your life, your current circumstances, um, because you are going to be moved by them. They're higher principles, so you can recognize them to to be able to dance with the application of the principles or they'll be applied to you uh, regardless. And so, you know, groove with your microbes, uh, do some microbe farming, do it in your soil, do it in your gut. And it, and it's also not just in your gut, you know, it, it's spread throughout your tissues. you it's not like your, uh, your, your thigh or your, your pinky finger are sterile. They're, they're not, that's a false, uh, that's a false idea that we're given um, especially whenever it's like, Oh, we're going to, we're, we're going to do some surgery for you. And it's, it's why they, right, right. Exactly. That face, but whenever they're doing surgeries that they're opening you up to the external environment, your micro, your micro environments, not, not ready for that. Not ready to to get messed with in that way. And you, our tissues aren't sterile. Like we're, there's, there's no part of us that is not living and you, that's a big concept for people to understand so they don't have this fragmented, um, compartmentalized way of thinking that it's okay to remove parts from yourself. It's not. That's not how we were made. The, if we're made in the image of the
4: Creator, uh, then we're not supposed to be pieced and parted. 60% of what touches our skin goes in, is something I was taught like a few years ago by this woman who gets a huge amount of her nutrition through her skin, she bathes in nutrient baths and, and it, they, they've shown that it goes in that you, and, and I mean, that's why they do, can deliver medicine by, you know, by pushing it against your skin now, you know, and, and patches and stuff. Yeah. So and check it out. I, uh, my yeah,
2: is
1: growers,
2: the average cannabis grower spends as much time on their uh, actual sprays that they spray on the plant and in that field, whether you like cannabis or not. Understand that those guys in basements have been doing science for forty years, underground science that's so advanced it's mind-boggling. And and they spend as much time putting putting nutrient drenches on the plant as they do in
1: the soil.
6: Yeah, so I talked yeah. to a bear pretty extensively about that this weekend. He does uh, copper sulfate pentahydrate uh, solution, and he puts it on his skin. And he also does magnesium chloride uh, solution separately, and puts that on his skin as well. And he just uh, he, he's figured out the milligrams per uh, per milliliter so that he can apply it. And uh, this weekend, my son and I, we both got bitten by ticks. And uh, Tippecanoe Herbs gave us some lymphatic support and immune support uh, tinctures. And I mixed those equal parts uh, one to one to one with uh, DMSO and was applying those topically at the bite site and at the, ma- and at the next major lymphatic uh, vessels. And it, it was really amazing to see just in 12 hours how much inflammation around those sites were uh were completely diminished.
2: DMSO is such a wicked solvent. That stuff
6: makes things just go
1: wow, and that is, That's, yeah, like, that's yeah. like making it just wide open. Yeah. So so have you heard that it can make things cross
4: the blood brain barrier?
1: Oh, a hundred percent. And
2: also, I'm real fickle about DMSO because, like, I live in Northern California. Well, it also makes, like, things like poison oak soak into my body really nicely. And I don't like poison oak at all. I'm suffering from it right now. That's why my face looks so wrinkly and red because I'm poison oak to beat all hell. now. It's, you know, it's – and DMSO just makes that bam, whatever you're (laughs) trying to – transition into your body. That's part of why when you put DMSO on, it's important to watch what you're uh putting on your body, especially the direct contact spots of the DMSO. You don't want to put uh uh unnatural fibers on there. You don't want to put heavy chemicals like things that you put in the dryer uh with uh like uh dryer sheets and things like that. That's gonna just eat right it go right into you. And so you it's
6: Yeah. Yeah. just no dryer
1: sheets.
6: (laughs) Yeah. Just no dryer sheets in general. You don't even need it, but also like careful. Yeah. Yeah. And careful if you're applying DMSO, Uh, I saw someone said they're using it daily careful if you're applying DMSO and you're like coming into contact with other things in your environment that you may not know that that are surface treated or something like that. There's not always a chain of custody with what's going on in in your local environment so you really have to be careful especially if it's still in the palms of your hands because you're 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 touching your phone you're setting your phone down you're 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 touching many different items um and also be careful of like heavy metals and and other chemicals you know that it's in the it's in the sea
1: breeze it's in the sea breeze it's partial
0: part of what makes rain
1: Yeah,
0: yeah yeah So is that why like people consider being by the sea in the olden days, like good for your health because they're actually absorbing some salts and minerals just by being there. Yeah. You're
2: soaking in ions also. That's part of it. So I'm wondering, especially with what uh, he just said about the phone. um, If the, you're taking in the negative radiation from your phone through the DMSO in a much heavier way, the same way you would be taking in the positive ions from the sea. Uh, while
4: you're sitting there through the DMSO? So, I had to story about DMSO. So, my wife um, had a growth in her jaw several years ago. This is written up in unstoppable enthusiasm. I and, love that part of the book, too, I'll say. Uh, thanks. <laughs> you really so it sh- was devastating, You're a really good writer, of- dude. Thanks. So it was devastating at the time uh, because um, the doctor was like, there's a growth in your jaw and it could either be um, it could be uh, cancer or, or sorry, I can't remember what, what, what else uh, the other option was. But they were like, if it's cancer, it's going to be destroying the, the roots and it's destroying the roots. But I can't say it's cancer until we biopsy it and the lab says it's cancer. The so roots of like, the teeth, uh, you mean? Why yeah. do we need to biopsy? It. And my wife was like, "We're going to get a biopsy," and I'm like, "No, no, we shouldn't." And and you know, I didn't marry a pushover at all, and so a she didn't, you know, she wanted to do the biopsy, and I was convinced the biopsy was going to open it up and then have the the cancer spread. And she's like, now you're just like hexing me, you know what I mean? And so I, it was like a huge problem in my relationship and also just feeling like everything's going to be okay. Like My wife has bone cancer and she, she didn't want to ever admit that that was what was going on. So she was like, well, Uh, she, and then she looked up what the treatment is for it. And it's horrific. And she's like, they're going to cut my face open. I'm going to look awful. And I'm never going to look the same. I'm going to be deformed. And so she got all freaked out. And then she just got really, 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 really depressed. Like this, her life's over. And I'm watching this all happen. And I'm like, oh my word, I have to figure this out. And so I'm like, we need to do this, we need to do that and at this point she's she doesn't want to hear it you know and she's listening to the doctors not me um and so i couldn't like football coach it through and you know i came from a family where like literally it was like marching orders here we go you know that doesn't work in a relationship it doesn't work with a wife uh and and so I had to figure out two things. I had to figure out how to be enthusiastic and positive despite the situation, regardless of her state, which was very hard to do because you want to become passionate husband and you start mirroring their emotions and following that path. And that's not what they want. So I ended up in this just very difficult situation where I had to like pull myself out of my own like concern for myself. And just focus on resonating enthusiasm and joy so that A, she would be open to me making suggestions and then B, that I could not follow down into those those pathways. And so what happened was I figured out that DMSO was a solvent that was used to soften tumors. And then I was like, well, I'm going to combine this with RSO. I found some people had done that Rick Simpson oil, right? And then I was like, and I'm going to combine it with the ozone liniment in alternation because they're opposites. And so the heavily reduced low pH RSO and then the oxidizing high pH liniment which is ozone which oxidizes everything right and so i was rocking back up and down millivolt wise like this constantly with the applications with what we were doing
0: was the idea and um she tolerated me Di- it's like uh, dynamic I, disequilibrium that tover talks about you know that's uh, what yeah the charge is traveling it's bringing flow so we
4: rode that charge up and down and as as long as she allowed me to be like did you do it Did you do it? Have you put it on yet? She tolerated that for like two months. And then um, it was time for the biopsy and they imaged it. And they said it went from the size of a gumball down to a pea. And the guy said, I'm not going to biopsy that. I'm going to have a hard time even hitting it. And so I was, I instantly felt so much relief. My wife trusted me again. You know.
3: <laughs> you know it's
4: real right yeah and so it was a huge victory um i wrote that book as an outgrowth of that because it was like and i wrote that book you know in in, in some ways like for me because i had to do all of that and really map it out and follow those those protocols to get through that time period it's the most stressful time period of my life because it wasn't just like she got cancer and now we're in it together to fight it. It was like, she, we weren't together on what to do about it. And that, you know, when that doesn't happen, you've been married 18 years, you know, those kinds of things happen. it's like terrifying. You're like, what is going to, what's going to happen now? You know what I mean? So, so getting back on page was, was everything to me. Um And then, and, and, you know, that was the, like, I think the sixth time that we beat cancer and she gets, you know, the, 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 the um, the less, the less dangerous form of skin cancer, um, the blastoma, I want to say like repeatedly, but she no longer gets melanoma and she, the thyroid cancer, uh, stuff stops spreading too. So We've been able to, we've been really, really lucky, but doing the radiation so early on. And she had mercury amalgams. She had 13 mercury amalgams in her mouth. And one of them was radioactive. So that when they would try to do the um, X rays, they couldn't image it. It was a blank in that space. So, so that's why I'm afraid of mercury, but, but yeah, well, DMSO just,
2: like DMSO, just like with DMSO. At, depending on what I'm touching, it can either be a benefit or a negative. If I'm touching poison oak, I'm not real happy with DMSO oh. at the moment. If I'm trying to soak in something beneficial that doesn't make my whole body break out red and itch and suck, then I like DMSO. So it's, you know, it's a solvent. You got to treat it like any other solvent, brother.
4: So wait, so met- so, so mercury's like the metal solvent.
2: Yes. When you say amalgamate, it's just it's being a solvent for the gold and just sucking it in. And then all you have to do oh, is vaporize God. the mercury and it's there's the gold sitting right there. So that's that's Whoa. the way. they have the gold. So just like with water, water's your solvent for like Kool-Aid. If I dissolve the water, if I vaporize off the water, there's that Kool-Aid sitting right there it's just it's just the metal level
1: solvent
6: Damn. yeah and and there's not a whole lot of uh there's not a whole lot of information given to the patient about what the mercury amalgam is and if you're like what 13 getting a filling like ugh. Who are you to ask you a question about what's going in your mouth? Your parents are like, all right, come on, go on.
2: Radioactive. One thing that hurt. It was radioactive. 90s. They amalgamated that mercury with the radioactive material. That's why only that one was radioactive.
4: Yeah. It was done in Utah, um, which, which you know, I mean, there's parts of Utah where there's little oh, radioactive dust.
2: Isn't that in. where all the uh, lithium mines are? Or, or uh, 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 uranium, the uranium, the uranium department yeah. is that was supposedly sold like a giant chunk to Russia and all that. Utah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's like my reality. Um, is yeah. Yeah. I'll be on Crow tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited. Tomorrow, 10 a.m., nice and early. Um, yeah. You got to get to bed soon. I was turned turn into a pumpkin at 10, so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, man, you're welcome back. We'll, you can vibrate with us anytime. I love this team, and I'd love to bring in other herbalists and their squad and let them bounce ideas off of you, Matt. This has been really fun. We can kind of, I guess we are getting close to 10 o'clock. Would it be cool if we maybe went around the circle, and any final questions or thoughts for anyone on the panel? Gabriel, yes. you've been holding your tongue like a champion. I know you've got some observations or some questions for some of these gentlemen. Let her rip. We'll start with you.
5: Right on. Uh, well, one thing I've been thinking about uh, was uh, about a year ago, uh, j- just a fun story to share. I was, uh, I believe it was The Crow. I was listening to somebody on The Crow show uh, do a breakdown on mushrooms. And I'm uh, listening with my earbuds and I'm on a walk. Uh, it might have my,
0: been, might have been James here. <laughs> it He's could have kind been. of the guy.
5: It, I think it might have been your show. Um, well, you uh, it, did you guys break down the uh, the dryad mushroom? Was that in the conversation? Because
6: I, I really can't remember.
5: <laughs> okay, uh, it, it well, was
6: it was like half stream of thought.
5: Okay, yeah, yeah,
6: and, well, and I, I didn't go listen again.
5: I remember. Uh, as I was walking, for one, I came across some mushrooms on my walk early on, and I thought, oh, isn't that nifty? You know, the universe it just loves to, you know, reach out and meet you halfway. But it was much further down, down by the river in this real uh, uh, kind of off in the wilderness uh, part of my walk, when I heard about the dryad mushroom for the first time ever, which apparently uh, people have captured photographs of some sort of light being uh, frequently captured on top of that type of mushroom. Uh, And I just remember kind of giggling in my head on my walk and just kind of thinking, oh, uh, I probably look kind of funny laughing to myself, you know. Uh, But then it was only two days later, I'm walking again in that location and right on the tree next to my head is this huge mushroom? And I'm like, this is really odd. It's in the right at the spot that I was walking by when I learned about the dryad mushroom. So I get my phone and I snap a picture of it. And I'm just—I mean, it was huge. It was this big thing on the tree. And then it was almost a month later when I—I I thought, I wonder what a dryad mushroom looks like. So I looked up a specimen online, and sure enough, it is exactly the mushroom. It was on the tree next to my head when I learned that the mushroom even exists. It was so strange. And it was the synchronicities took a month to unfurl, you know, Uh, but it was right there next to my head. Uh, The only thing I needed was maybe a little mysterious light uh, (laughs) sitting on the mushroom would have been cool. But uh, so, yeah, the um, mushrooms they're they're fascinating there is so much more going on than we'll ever uh, have words for uh because yeah apparently they travel at the speed of thought
3: <laughs> yeah
6: the the earth's uh, internet system man right and, right and i i think that that's one of the things that people find with using uh psilocybin mushrooms is they they find themselves in the flow of the internet because like you're still myceliated, you still have fungi all inside of yourself, and if you can find your point of resonance and you can start to uh, disentangle your your uh, your gordian knot, <laughs> then you can free yourself. One one of the things I thought of earlier, man, was. You were talking about initiation and we initiate ourselves, like everything that we read, every symbol that we uh, cast into our minds, everything that we meditate on, we're we're participating in our own initiation. And I think that there is some serious gravy in the placenta because it's both the it's both the y and the x chromosome well from i've got two boys but the x is the same x of your uh of your wife and of her mom and of, and on and on and on in that same fashion and then your y is the same as your dad's in 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 our case but if it's if you have a daughter her x is the x from your mom and so it keeps that there's like no matriarchal lineage break or anything and i think that there's some serious gravy to to uh kind of kind of start mixing together with that and uh recombinant dna and horizontal gene transfer is that there could be pieces of genetic information on those chromosomes that are encoding particular ancient knowledge of whatever and i think that I think that each individual has their own makeup of it and you go in and decode that. And then that starts to precipitate synchronicity in your life. It's like whatever was original is always there. Yes. Yes. And so, and, and we're, and we are participating in it. We're not just bystanders. We can go about it consciously through our consumption, our meditation, the media, um, anything that we're going to have our diet composed of, whether it's the air, the mind, like uh, the air media um, or water, food, w- whatever it is that we're consuming and interacting with, like we're having that conscious participation, which goes back to no one's doing it to us. There's not some guy with a leather, with, uh, a leather boot on coming to put his boot on our necks. That's it's my what-
0: personal conspiracy theory is nobody's in charge.
6: nobody's in charge dude no one's at the wheel and that's the problem is that most of it uh, i'm I'm not going to include everyone but a lot of people aren't at the wheel of their own life and thus they're on the wheel of karma problem yeah And, and thus they're on the wheel of karma they're and they're going to be swayed and moved by the energies that spin that wheel man and so we can we we stop the wheel of karma by uh being our own Messiah, we save ourselves. We, we take ourselves off the wheel of karma. We take ourselves down from the cross. Um, I was given a wedding gift by my sister's um, godmother. And she was a really good friend of my mom. And she sent us a present for, um, for our wedding. And it was a crucifix with Christ on the cross. And... I unboxed it and I was not very happy with seeing it because it, I don't like the image that it conveys, and so I packed it back up. And my mom had been trying to get my address to get this package to me uh, from her friend. And then about a month later, she came to my oldest son's birthday, and I told her. Then I said, "Hey, mom, um, you know she sent this package, and um, and I, I don't know what to do with it. I appreciate the sentiment." but I don't like the image and I don't want to have it displayed in my home. And she pulled out this instead and said that she brought this for my second son, Emmanuel. And I was just flabbergasted because I was like, whoa, that's actually more of what I was going for. Not just, yeah, not, not just Christ on the cross because Christ is risen in all of us. Like if, if we so choose to, uh, to bring ourselves down from our own cross, then Christ is risen and is alive and well. And I didn't like the image of Christ being dead and on the cross because w- the story doesn't end there. So why the heck is that a gatekeeper? Because that imagery is totally a gatekeeper for a lot of people. And uh, yeah, I don't know how to end this segue, but there, there's some that gravy. Cool.
5: That is awesome. That was badass.
0: Yeah, Matt, I know you were needing to go sooner than later. So do you want to give us your kind of closing thoughts as we go around the circle here, buddy? I see you move locations. Yeah, my phone
4: died at 10 o'clock, which was...
0: I thought you were just like, peace, which is totally fine. I mean, like, that we was, that was, was on the calendar. i i like like The, the very godmother died. showed up. I'm, I'm
1: going go to bed.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the <laughs> synchronicity, bedtime.
4: Well, you know, eat, sleep. You know, manure well. These are things that I believe in. um It's really wild when you actually live a pattern. Your body wants to live like a pattern, and then circadian your body, rhythm. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing
0: when you obey what your body. We just did a whole show on healing, like anything and everything, by getting your light life right, and thus your circadian rhythm aligned. Yeah. Heck yeah. And to that end, I'm going to scurry off to bed. because. <laughs> Thanks for wonder, joining guys. us, man. It's been really fun. I love your vibes, dude. And I have so much He's to learn from high. you. I appreciate the time.
2: I just He's wanted so to much- say before you go, Wheel of Time was epic. Epic. Oh. When you
1: said that, I was like, I don't know. I'm like, what? Come on! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you yeah, know, I, I think that
4: is Probably one of the most potent concepts that people don't understand.
0: We start that over? You kind of lost reception for a sec. Another time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the,
4: the, so the bedtime anyway, fairy is really have, hitting me hard with so the so tech thing. So, of course, starting on Monday, um, I'd love for you to all be part of it. Um, we're going to be delving into the mysteries of soil, the microbes of soil, and so much more. Uh, you can find com. You can find the information about it on there. And, uh, yeah, I think in our own lives, uh, if we get in touch with the source, if we get in touch with that, uh, we get in really alignment with the natural patterns and systems around us, where inspiration
0: is one thing. So, that's good. Well, that. Matt, you're turning into uh, a messed mean, up robot. So <laughs> whatever device you're on is not cutting it, but people, his website is the permaculture and we will speak oh. to Matt again and watch out for his upcoming episode on Crow triple seven. I'm sure it'll only be a little while out.
1: And Matt, Matt you're frozen good night, up, but good night, buddy. I love you. Good
0: night. Thanks for bringing the enthusiasm. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, this has been, as Cody says here, this Casper was fire. Yeah, buddy. Baldy, do you have any closing uh, thoughts for us?
1: You know, you
2: guys have all heard me preach it a million times. It's symbiosis. It's symbiosis with the biome, with the bacteria, with the actual earth itself. All of this is symbiosis. And taking in those simple natural foods that you are what you eat, you also are what you give your energy to your, you're making an exchange. And if that exchange is with, uh, uh, grubby Hollywood things, then you're going to, that's what you're going to start taking in. You're taking in those exchanges and it's all just one thing. Keep it simple. And it was just an honor to be on this, uh, panel, uh, Jeff, absolutely brilliant guys. Uh, just awesome.
0: You better get in touch with James for, uh, an Odin's alchemy. You guys are yeah, shoot
2: time. me his uh, email, would you there, Chance?
0: Yeah, well, I got to get him on mine first. <laughs> I got dibs.
3: <laughs> no, for
0: sure. I'll put you guys in touch, no, no doubt. Brother Nature Bear on Telegram. So anybody's looking for him. Yeah, and I already shared the website here, familyfungi.net. Of course, Balderson, he is at Odin's Alchemy on Rockfin, also YouTube. But guys, do yourself a favor and go check out familyfungi.net and see beautiful family he's cultivating and the wonderful healing medicinal mycelium he's got going. It's really great. And they also, him and his wife Ellie were just on Crow as well. Phenomenal. Yeah, actually I can screen share this website. Here it is. James, you got any closing thoughts? We'll have you on for sure for a one-on-one episode or bring Bring your lovely wife. That would be cool, too, because I'm particularly, as you said, we're into that hopeless uh, gnosis. And I'm sure that we could have a really good conversation and expand on some ideas.
6: Yeah, man. I mean, you spoke with her. She is full of gravy herself. She listens to Owen streams. <laughs> and you know, most of Eeyore. the time I
0: communicated with her, it was just like eye contact, psychic transfer. We almost didn't talk, but we had like really in depth conversations. It's hard to describe. It It was super psychic. Yeah, the uh, the
6: Buddhists call it transmission of mind. So you know, it's it's an eye contact thing. That's
0: Um, what I loved about the bear fest was all the eye contact I got to make, not on screen, just like people out in normie world. They don't make eye contact like this. They're constantly looking at their feet, looking away. away. Yeah, very refreshing. But
6: but there's there's something to be said about like the sharing of the breath of the festival too like we're we're all always sharing the breath everyone's full of the spirit um to uh to inspire is to breathe in to be inspired is to be breathed in by it by uh by our source and so whenever we're feeling this inspiration it's important to uh to always begin and end with gratitude uh i gave you uh i gave you one of our our tokens from our wedding i don't have one available right right this second but yeah <laughs> yeah uh do you guys know the difference between a labyrinth and a maze a maze is intentionally designed to confuse you and trip you up a uh, labyrinth is if you just keep going you'll get to the center and the way out is the way in It's a process of faith. It's a process of action because you have to keep going with faith that there's there's something, even if the faith is just that it's your next step. There's something. And that's uh, that's why we have all of these talks about the afterlife in um, in in any uh, religious circle is that there is a next now. And that's God's promise. You know, there's. We're, we're we're a continuance like it's not nothing is in stasis um and i felt like i had one more idea to stitch together but really i'm just uh yeah gratitude beginning and ending with gratitude so thank you guys so much i already listened to all of you guys i uh, don't listen to a lot of slick distant just because of time and time and i i try to slip in New things and get uh, get information as much as I can. And hearing, uh, I listened to the whole Moon Knight series, <laughs> so uh, I never I never watched Moon Knight. I just listened to you guys break down symbolism and was piecing it together up here. And I was like, oh, crazy. Um, <laughs> and and just I, I call it mental floss, man. Like I think just, a lot
0: of people never even watched the show, and they, that's why we did such a detailed sort of walkthrough of it all. Yeah, yeah, dude. Thanks I felt for saying like that. I was watching it.
6: Yeah, I felt like I was
0: watching it, and. I spend a lot of time, a lot of time harvesting mushrooms.
6: So, um, I, I, try to download things at a time for listening and I'm just very, uh, very grateful for everyone being here and sharing your time and sharing the spirit with, uh, with all of us. So thank you very much.
0: Yep. Gabe, you got any last shots? We're going to wrap her up.
5: Oh man, that was awesome. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm glad you came on board. I love that mental floss. I totally dig it. Yeah, this
0: has been phenomenal. We should be like this exact panel could happen again and would be awesome.
5: Big time.
6: Yeah, I've got a buddy. uh, He and I have basically been each other's mirror for uh, for experience. We like eat mushrooms together and just hang out and. Uh, and just do like open-eyed meditation stuff. Like just, just, that's, that's the, that's the vibe. And he, and he brought mental floss to, uh, to my mind and he would, he would be an interesting character to talk to as well. He's, uh, yeah, you can check out some of his stuff. Uh, uh, can I plug him? (laughs) Yeah, go for it. He's, uh, at pine eel on, uh, on Instagram. It's, uh, P I N E dot E E L. Yeah, he is is quite the character, and he's got a way of, he's a wordsmith, so he's got a way of weaving
5: things. Right on, right on. Dig it. Cool.
0: Well, this has been phenomenal. Thanks, Balderson. Thanks, Gabe. Thanks, James. I'll make sure and add Family Fungi to the episode description. So if you're listening to this and you want links, so everybody's links will be in there. And we will see you soon.
1: Yes, there will be more. All right. Good night, everyone. Much love.